0: Welcome to Jetro Boomin, the second one edition. Oh my god, they won that game. I'm answering text from my, my pal Big Mike, if you read the newsletter, if you're a friend of me, if you've seen me on Twitter, you know, my best friend, his name is Mike, got these texts. It says, once kneeling. Too much time for Rodgers. Mike, it's over. Still feel like he's ready to come back. Mike, they're literally shaking hands. Doesn't believe it. Still don't feel like we won. Unreal win against the Dragon Slayer, number 12. People forget Aaron Rodgers was in Game of Thrones. And what else people forget? The Eagles were once again underdogs on the road with the entire season at their backs, backed up against a wall. Backed up against a wall. Everyone calling for Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson, everyone. Because, as one Elliot Shore Parks would say, who I like, who's a very nice guy. Man, very nice guy, has always been a nice guy. Carson Wentz lacked a signature win. And I would say going into Lambeau Field, probably the toughest environment in the entire NFL to play in as an opponent. On Thursday night, on a short week at that, Carson Wentz out the player who I truly believe, I'm not kidding you, who I truly believe is the most talented player to ever play in the National Football League. Now is, is Tom Brady the GOAT? Yes. But on a pure, pure talent level. Aaron Rodgers still at age 36, 35, 37. Whatever he may be. Aaron Rodgers is the most talented NFL player of all time. Of all time. And Carson Wentz out him. Now, if you read my newsletter, if you're a subscriber, patreon.com backslash Seamus underscore Clancy, to find the link in my Twitter bio, I talked today about how, you know, Carson Wentz really had a signature win on Thursday night football back in 2017. They were four and one, playing the four and one Carolina Panthers in Carolina on Thursday night football. They were three-point underdogs. Went through for three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and the Birds won 28 23. And that was really the game where the Super Bowl hype started. It started that game. Because you know, everyone in Philadelphia is always smelling themselves. We're always smelling ourselves. For that first one in Washington back in 2017. You know, I thought that was the best defense that Eagles had, and since you know a Jim Johnson team in 2002, and it turned out my prediction, as you would assume, was right. But it really was not until that Panthers game in 2017, again, 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 on Thursday Night Football, against a guy who had been NFL MVP two years prior, against a guy who's been this year. NFL MVP previously, Super Bowl MVP previously, Aaron Rodgers. Because Carson Wentz south with him. Again, backing up to 2017. The Birds beat a Carolina team. They were 4-1 and they lost at home, but they made the playoffs that year. NFC South took uh, three teams to the playoffs that year. Between the Saints and Atlanta and Carolina. I cannot believe they won that freaking game. You know, down 10 nothing in the first half. Oh my god, I had this Cowboys fan tweet at me. Cuz you know, before in the game, before the game, I'm already I'm trying to get us everyone hyped on Twitter. I'm trying to hype myself up really like I know people on Twitter are hyped, but sometimes I need to tweet shit to pump myself up, to make myself ready for the game. So when I woke up this morning, you know, know, got dressed, went to the gym, whatever, you know, walked into my office, got ready, sat down at my desk, and I tweeted a picture from last year. You know, last year the Eagles had that whole ski mask thing they were going for each other. You know, stealing stealing a ball, stealing the ball, stealing a turnover, stealing a win. So I tweeted a picture of them from last year in the LA Rams game in LA where the Eagles... I think that was Foles' first start after Wentz's injury against Dallas in Dallas. A uh, picture of them with the whole defense, and one of the players, I don't know who it was, off the top of my head, was wearing a ski mask and said, Final score, Eagles 30, Rams 23. And I tweeted that, and then when the Eagles were down 10 nothing, I'm going to look up his ad because fuck this guy. So the Eagles are down 20. The Eagles won 30 to 23 that game. And they were down 10 to nothing today. And I'm watching at Tome and Joe's. Joe's at uh, Front in Oregon in South Philly. Great wings. Great spot to hang out. So I tweeted. Let me find it. Uh. A man named, his ad is TXL ALO 214 He quote treated my tweet from this morning saying, time to steal a win and said, LMAO. The Eagles were around 10 to nothing. And he was laughing his ass off in Dallas, Texas. His bio on Twitter is literally dallascowboys.com. What a fucking loser. That's like me having my bio on Twitter saying philadelphiaeagles.com. I don't work for the Eagles The Eagles don't pay me. The Eagles are like simultaneously the best and worst thing that ever happened to me. I would never include their website link in my Twitter account. Anyway, I replied once they went up. Where did they go up? 14.10. I replied when they were up 14.10. And I said, bro, get back to me when your mustache connects to your beard. Because he's one of those dudes that has an avatar. Where he's like leaning to their side, trying to make it sure people know that he can grow facial hair, but he can't grow really good facial hair because his he just has a beard and it does not connect to his mustache. And I need to let him know that he's less of a man than me, a guy who can grow a fucking Grizzly Adams Matt Patricia beard. And I, I digress. Wentz had some a couple of bad throws tonight. Um, one in the fourth quarter where that drive should have been a clincher to go up 14 points on a third down. But Wentz played fucking amazing. That team that team could have just rolled over and died. Like we've seen so many teams do in our life. Like we've seen so many Philadelphia teams do. We were, you know, one Carson Wentz performance away from going full 2015 2011 Eagles, dream teams getting slashed in the throat. But Carson Wentz said, what do we say to the God of death? Not today. Not today. Let's look at Wentz's stat line. He only had 160 passing yards, which was only good for 5.9 yards per attempt. Which, in reality, I don't give a shit about. For people who complain, for people who complain about the run and pass ratio, which I'm not that person, I'll say throw the ball literally every time on the field. I will not care. Eagles threw the ball 27 times. They ran it 33 times. So people ever complaining that Doug is Andy Jr. in a negative way, saying that he never runs the ball, shut the hell up. I'm, per, I'm one person saying that Doug should probably throw the ball more on first and second down. The Eagles were, you know, in the bottom of the league. I saw a stat this week. Staying there in the bottom of the league with throwing on first and second down. And, you know, they have in top five, six quarterback, they should throw the ball all the freaking time. Anyway, once went sixteen for twenty-seven with three touchdowns. And he was just a clutch. When things were down, when things weren't looking great. Carson went stabilized this team and stabilized this franchise and really stabilized the city as a whole, and said, "We're one and two. People are counting out c- counting us out in this game. People are counting us out in the season as a whole. People think I'm shit. People think this team's shit. People think this shit this the city's shit. I'm not gonna stand for it. Behind a fantastic, fantastic rushing rushing performance from both Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. Now, on this week I had a pretty negative column in my newsletter. Again, patreon.com backslash underscore clancy. If you're not if you're listening to this and don't subscribe to my newsletter for some reason, I have no idea what you're doing. If you like listening to me on this podcast, you will absolutely love my psychotic newsletter. Talked about the lackluster returns so far. Again, I prefaced it and said it's just three games on the Eagles 2019 draft class. Obviously, Andre Dillard is the Eagles backup tackle, has not played yet, always played a little bit, but not significantly due to non-significant injuries from both left tackle Jason Peters and right tackle Lane Johnson. And J.J. Ortega-Whiteside had totaled, well, now through four games. He didn't have a catch tonight, did he? Nope. So through four games, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside has two catches, 14 yards. And he started essentially two of those games. And the first three games of the season had 135 snaps with two yards and 14 catches, which you're checking from home is pretty, pretty, pretty terrible. But Miles tonight really, really had some burst. You know, in the preseason, I'm not a Penn State guy. I did not go to Penn State, and I kind of harbor probably an unfair anti-Penn State bias just because so many people went to Penn State. I have to take the contrarian position. So I wasn't super hyped about Miles Sanders' pick, and then in training camp, preseason, people were gassing him up. People were gassing him up, not just fans or Penn State fans, but beat writers too. He seemed to have that juice, that juice. The team had been lacking in the last couple of years in the backfield ever since really the Garrett Bunt left in 2017 and Jay Ajay got eventually got hurt and the way they went thunder and really more thunder in that backfield in 2017 was gone. But Sanders had some juice and it was this late at night, so Miles had... 11 carries for 72 yards for a fantastic six pi- 6.5 yards for attempt. And he had an unbelievable kick return. What was his long on the kick return? He had a 67 yard kick return. Fantastic. Corey Clement. Corey Clement. Corey Clement. Uh, was missing today. I think he was active but did not play. As you know, he had a huge fumble on the kick return in the Falcons game in week two. Has not seen the field since, and I don't necessarily what's up with him, but between Miles and Jordan, I don't really think they're getting Corey anytime soon. Oh, my God. First quarter felt like it was going to end up being the longest game of all time. I don't want to say the longest game of all time. Just the game, like the the Saints game last year, where they got blown the frig out. Where it was going to be one of those games where we were like, "Why the hell am I watching this game? What are we doing? What is Carson doing? Is this all? Is this all for naught? Is Doug not that guy? Is Carson not that guy? Are we just a shit team?" And it was down when they were down ten nothing. When they could have easily rolled over. When Doug could have easily rolled over. When Carson Wentz could have easily rolled over, it. even my boy Jim Schwartz could have easily rolled over, it. they said, We're going to win this fucking game. And they did. They won on the road and literally the toughest place to win in the National Football League on a short week after a backbreaking, disappointing, crushing loss. On Sunday, to an inferior, truly, truly inferior team in the Detroit Lions. Much lesser teams facing a 10 nothing deficit on the road in Lambeau after such a back-breaking loss would have yet again rolled over in defeat. But what did Carson Wentz say? What did Carson Wentz say? When faced with the God of Death himself, Aaron Rodgers. Not today. Not today. Oh man. I went to the bar Tolman Joe's on a front and across from Tony Luke's for the game. Fantastic atmosphere for the game. Loved it. People under the game, people chirping, people talking shit, people. Just soaking up the birds. Oh. My God, Dallas Goddard had a big touchdown in the red zone. Only two catches for 16 yards and touchdown, but, you know, it doesn't make up for two of the big drops he had early in the season. Well, his drop last week, he dropped the touchdown, but the Eagles scored in the ensuing drive. but they blew two minutes on the clock. Yeah, that wasn't great. Had a big drop in the game one against Washington, and they ended up winning the game, so really negligent overall. The tonight's catch, big for him, big for my brand. Couldn't love it more. My guy, Alshon Jeffrey, coming back from injury. I'm currently wearing my Alshon Jeffrey, that newsletter subscriber. My boy, Benji. Literally bought me an Alshon Jeffrey jersey because I had said in my new lo- newsletter that I do not own a current Eagles players jersey. So now I do. I have an Alshon Jeffrey jersey. I wore it in his first game, back healthy, and he scored a touchdown. Unbelievable. What a team. What a player. What a fan base. What a fan base that listens to some nitwit talk on a podcast and reads the dumb shit he writes in the newsletter and who mentions that he doesn't have a current player's e- Eagles jersey because all he does is wear a uh, Brian Dawkins and Jerome Brown jersey say. That guy deserves a current player's jersey, and this guy just fucking bought me a jersey. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The shit, the way this team connects people. I don't know this guy. I've never met him. I might, I might never meet him. But he knows that I love the Eagles. I know that he loves the Eagles. And he said, hey, man, here's an Alshon Jeffrey jersey. People don't talk about all the bullshit with this team and this city and this fan base. But next time they do that, talk about how a guy literally bought someone a jersey because they love the Eagles that much. Unbelievable. Thank you, Benji, if you're listening. Thank you. Oh, my God. I cannot believe they won this fucking game. I was sweating bullets in the first half. Just thinking the worst shit possible. I'm thinking New Orleans 2018 level fucking faceplant. Wentz looking like shit. Me thinking Doug's not the guy I dream about and the guy I think about he is in my head. But I was wrong. I mean... Doug, Doug Punning on, I'll say this, Doug point, Punning on fourth and three from the Green Bay, 47, while down seven, nothing in the first half. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely not okay. Disgusting. I hope whoever is running the Eagles analyst department reams him out for that because it was a little embarrassing. It's something that Matt LaFleur would do. Matt LaFleur, if you're not aware, is the. Packers head coach and is a disciple of one Sean McVeigh who if you read my newsletter if you've seen my tweets I've made it very clear he is a gigantic coward and a fraud who will one day be ex- exposed as the fraud he is for scoring. Um, last time I checked Sean McVeigh in the Super Bowl 53 scored three points against the New England Patriots. And lost the game, considering he scored only three fucking points in the Super Bowl. When the year prior in Super Bowl Fifty Two, a Doug Peterson led off and scored. Let me double check this. Scored forty-one points on the way to a Super Bowl win. Super so Bowl talk about oh, all you cared about in terms of your Doug versus Sean McVay. Comparison is that one game. Well, no, something that one game fucking matters because it's the Super Bowl. If you remember that movie, I don't even know what the movie was called. It was a movie where Jason Gaul was like talking to a younger kid and they were having a LeBron versus MJ to be. And you know, Jason Nicole saying, like, you know, MJ has six rings, and and the kid's like, that's all the argument you have. And he's like, that's the only argument I need, Sean. That's That's what I think about when I talk about Doug Peterson versus Sean McVay and his acolytes of coaches. Someone said to me, your only argument is that the Eagles scored 41 points to your ball and the Rams scored three points. That's the only argument I need, Sean. That's the only argument I need. And in the second half, well, not even just the second half, the second quarter, in the second half of this game, Doug Peterson proved to me that he is the guy that I should have that confidence in. And even late in the game when he went for two on a two-point conversion, which in the bar it was at caused a great stir that he went for two to go up nine points, to go up 29 to 20, instead of settling for 28 to 20. I loved it. I loved it. I love it. Be aggressive. More likely than not, 31 teams are not going to win the Super Bowl. More likely than not, the team you root for is not going to win a Super Bowl. So take as many risks as possible, as long as they're calculated, to get into position to win the Super Bowl. My rationale was the Eagles miss it, that two-point conversion, as they did. They'd be down 27-20. So then the Green Bay Packers would, if they scored another touchdown, as they did, it would be tied 27-27. If the Eagles just kicked, it, kicked an extra point, it would be 28-20. Packers scored again, they'd have a t- chance to tie it up and go 28-28. And what do you have more confidence in? The Eagles scoring a two-point conversion for an offense that was humming on a two-point, con- two-point conversion that Alshon Jeffrey kind of dropped, that was kind of broken up, but a pass that he probably should have caught. Do you have more confidence in the Eagles converting a two-point conversion? Or do you have more confidence in the Eagles stopping a two-point conversion against Aaron Rodgers? I certainly have more confidence in the Eagles scoring a two-point conversion. And will always, always be in favor of going up two scores as opposed to one score. So while Doug kind of fucked up in the first quarter, he rebounded. I don't know if he's got his someone in his ear saying, Hey, pal. Go for it or hey pal, you shouldn't have done that. I like what he did. I like what he did. I cannot believe we won this game. Because before the year this felt like the schedule loss. This was the one game where short week at Lambeau against Rogers, automatic loss. You hope they're two and two after that game. You hope maybe, maybe the three and one, but you hope at least they' are two and two. And I'm on ESPN's website right now. And I'm looking at the Eagles record, and it's two and two. because the Eagles went in there and beat a team that was three0 and beat the player who I proclaim to be the most talented NFL player of all time. They beat him in his house. I'm I'm fucking wired right now. Oh my god, this is awesome. Early in the week, I did in my newsletter. I did a ranking of what my favorite games are. The Eagles play in terms of what time the kickoff is. Obviously, the best game ever in terms of kickoff, one p.m. Sunday game. Nothing compares. But for number two, I picked the Thursday night game because the Thursday night win. Just set your weekend up with so many possibilities. The Eagles win as they did tonight. You have your whole weekend free. You have your whole weekend to gloat and just absorb the win, but also the amount of time to just do whatever you want. Like on Sunday, I'm seeing that new Brad Pitt movie at Astra that has Oscar buzz for it. I could be sitting at home or at the link. Sweating out an Eagles win or loss. But I'll be in the comfy confines of United Artists Review. Sipping on a Gatorade. Eating some Buncha Crunch. Watching Brad Pitt knowing the Eagles are 2-2. and And back in this shit. That's why I love a Thursday night game. Because my weekend started the moment I left the office today. Because at 5 o'clock when I clocked out, it was the weekend. I know I have to go in tomorrow. But the birds play tonight. And that supersedes everything everything we really won that shit again make sure if you're i don't know how you'd be listening to this if you're not this the same kind of not that subscribes to my newsletter but again i write a daily newsletter comes out Monday through friday new shit every day Two dollars per month. Two dollars for the entire month. So you essentially get 20 newsletters for two dollars. Subscribe. Patreon.com backslash underscore. No, backslash Seamus underscore Clancy. Sorry. Backslash Seamus underscore Clancy. And obviously follow me on Twitter. At Seamus underscore Clancy. What a win. What a win. What a win. Oh, my God. I basically have a half day at work tomorrow, and it'll be the best half day at work in my entire life. Walking in, Gatorade in hand, buying an iced latte with oat milk, ready to run out the clock, and get to a weekend knowing that the Eagles are five hundred and on their way to playing better football. If you're listening to this podcast, thank you. I really appreciate anyone who spends their time listening to this. It's 12.54 a.m. on Friday morning. So appreciating this. if you're listening to this, I appreciate you, and I hope you appreciate that Um, getting up for work in five hours and still recording this. The newsletter should be out probably... By 9.30 at the latest. That's my goal is to always get it out by 9.30. And it should be tomorrow. It'll be a good one. It'll be a good one. So that's about it for me. Thank you for listening. Go birds. Jetro booming. Jetro boomin', baby. We're booming. We all we got. We all we need. From Broad Street with Love. Shamus Clancy. See you next week.